Williamsburg, New York, riverreporter.com, and from listener donations at wjffradio.org. Hello, 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 and welcome to the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Patricia Robayo. Thank you so much for joining us, or joining me, on your Friday evening. In the second half of the show, we'll be checking in with Aaron West about the Barryville tree lighting. What's happening tomorrow? Also, we'll check in with Karen DeWitt. See what's happening in Albany. But first, it's Friday. And every other Friday, we check in with the one and only Chris Rowley from the Chuancunk Journal to see what's happening in Ellenville and Ulster County. Chris, welcome to the show. I understand that you recently spoke to the Congressman uh, Pat Ryan. How did that go? Yeah, Congressman Ryan, who is uh, still the congressman for the old 19th District, having uh, won the election and inherited the last part of uh, former congressman. Uh, um, Lieutenant Governor Antonio Delgado? Yeah, Delgado. Antonio Delgado, who was our congressman, was elevated to being uh, the lieutenant governor. That opened that spot up. So there was a, there was a runoff election for um, uh, the remainder of, of that period of his, uh, his term, and uh, Pat Ryan won that. So he's still congressman for that district. But that ends with this Congress, and then he will move to the district that he just most recently won in November, which will be the new 18th district, which is really the, the ridge to and and then over to uh, to the east, uh, down a lot of it down into um, uh, Orange County. Uh, so it's, it's definitely always going to be a competitive district. So the Orange County voters who are Republican primarily down there, uh, and a uh, big solid wadge of, uh, of Democratic voters up here in, in Ulster County. So that's going to be a competitive district. Um, so that's going to be his new district in the new Congress. And we spoke um, basically about um, the FIRE Act. That's the FEMA Improvement Reform and Efficiency Act, which passed the House two weeks ago and has now gone to the president to be signed into law. Now, the thing about this, this is kind of amazing, uh, is that um, it updates legislation of the late 80s, and it gives FEMA, which is the Federal Emergency Management Agency, a specific set of roles for wildfires. Now, this, as Congressman uh, <laughs> Ryan says, believe it or not, has not been the case. Uh, FEMA gets involved in Floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, probably earthquakes, you know, that kind of stuff, but not wildfires. So the recent uh, spate of disasters and horrific scenes we've seen on TV uh, from California and then from Arizona and then New Mexico and even Colorado, uh, that uh, has concentrated minds. And so this legislation came up from, I believe, um, Californian Congress people uh, to bring FEMA a stronger role in uh, persisting in wildfires. And so Ryan um, noted that for the fires that we had just three months ago uh, on the Shongam Ridge and also over on the heights above Mamakading, um, 
uh, in Sullivan County, uh, those fires, uh, well, the Sullivan County one basically put itself out. It just died out, but it did look threatening for a little while. Um, the one over here on the ridge was in a very difficult place to, to get to, and uh, it, it had to be attacked from the air. And uh, Ryan made the point that without, before this act, the FEMA uh, didn't actually pre, uh, pre, pre-deploy any federal assets, such as helicopters. So it was a red flag time. It was very hot. Uh, it was very dry. It had been a drought for weeks and weeks. And there was lots and lots of dry vegetation just waiting for the, for the lightning strike. So the red flags were there, but there were no federal resources positioned to help uh, when the fire got going. So it was down to New York State, and it turns out New York State doesn't have that many helicopters. And though they were busy, uh, the, um, um, the the New York State, the, the National Guard, National Guard were ferrying water back and forth, but uh, they needed more. So that's what's going to come with this act, that there will be pre-deployed assets um, and uh, and this, and it'll be the same for California and the states out west where they have these much larger but in horrific scenes. Yeah, these fires are happening more and more. So it's great that we will have this extra resource on in our pocket uh, to use because it it just seems like it's increasing the fires. True. Yeah. I mean, we've all we've had droughts before. Uh, you know, I mean, this 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 weather and the gradual warming of things. Uh, so we want we want FEMA to be. I mean, it just makes sense. So that was, it was good to have that. Um, and, uh, you know, and it was good to talk to the congressman. I think it's the first time I've talked to him as congressman, whereas in the past I talked to him when he was our county executive. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was interesting too. Yeah. What is the mountain money all about? What is that story about? The mountain money. The mountain money is money that was uh, uh, obtained by the village of Ellenville by the west side of the ridge and then hooks over to Lake Maritanza. And it was interesting to discover that that land was actually bought in about 1880, 1899 uh, for about $10,000, uh, 4,600 acres. Uh, and the idea then was to, to obtain a hotel uh, or a few years later, a hotel that was built by the people that owned the land around Lake Maritanza, which was the Botsford family, uh, they had a hotel up there. Uh, Le Grand Botsford had succeeded his father, Tom Maritanza. A little bit hard to get to. There was a kind of a road built at that point, which we have the remains of that goes up past Sands. Uh, uh, but once you were there, you know, you stayed. And it was a, you know, it was a very different place for people in the around 1900, 1910 to, to, to go when but, you know, you didn't really want to be in New York or Philadelphia or wherever in, in the hot, sweaty summer with the smoke and all the rest of it. So so that was the hotel, but it burned down, fortunately for Ellenville, and Ellenville was then able to swoop in and buy the land. Um, they sold it, and they got, uh, was it almost $4 million, which was a fairly good return on their ten grand, I suppose, $3.88 million there. And then, uh, you know, the question is, we have a deep dive into what happened to it. And uh, they got interest on it, quite a lot of interest in the early years because it was 5% interest rate back then. But since since that all went away with the uh, the economic uh, crunch of 2007-8, um, they didn't get that much. But 
they, they've dipped into it here and there, and we got all the details on that. So uh, anybody who's really got a deep interest in what happened to the mountain money, I suggest you take a look online at the Shandam Journal or pick it up uh, wherever you see it uh, on sale. So that story, and it was it was interesting to get that because, uh, you know, we've had a lot of people, a degree of paranoia about it, you know, so we wanted to uh, to put put all the details out there and explain um, that it hadn't actually been prolonged and used to buy hotels in Miami or anything like that. And and and, and you 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 mentioned Pat Ryan in the beginning, so let, let's go back to some election news, uh, some political news. The Ulster County Democratic Group against is against the county reappointment of commission over redistricting in the county. What is that about? Oh yeah, okay. So <clears throat> there's an Ulster County Voters Group, uh, Democrats. Uh, they're they're upset with the um, the county um, reapportionment commission uh, over the redistricting map that they approved. Um, now this is a little technical, but it goes down to this: that it used to be that the legal standard was that there could be no more than a five percent either way difference uh, between the populations of the largest and small. The law used to require more, no more than a ten percent difference. Sorry. Uh, between the populations of the largest and the smallest districts in a county. These are legislative districts in the counties. That changed. Uh, That changed this year, and the map did not not reflect that. It changed to 5% difference. And so that should have been taken into account, and if it was, it would have produced probably a bit more of a democratic uh, lean in, in the county legislature. That's that's the thinking of the um, Ulster County Democratic Group. Um, so you know they they've gone to court, um, and the Republicans are standing firm. Um, Ken Rock, a Republican County Legislature legislator, who I believe is thinking of becoming um, possibly supervisor of the town of Shangham, uh he said basically that he said the op- his understanding is that the op- commission operated in a bipartisan fashion and in good faith. And until there's a legal challenge to maps and the judge rules, otherwise they will work with them as they are, which is to be expected. So the Democratic group um, is working to overturn that, and they've gone to court. And we'll see. We'll have to see how this comes out. But looking at it on the face of it, um, I can't imagine that the, the court will allow it. But the the county, of course, reapportionment, ended on July 31st, you know, and that, that's fixed for 10 years. So the court undoing this almost certainly will send this to higher courts. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, you know, as we said in our headline, it ain't over until one of these, you know, we got many of these things. Fortunately, we got to say this. I mean, folks, we got to say this, right? New York Democrats tried to gerrymander the Republicans out of existence in the state, but the New York courts are composed of more sensible people. Even though they're all appointed by Democrats, the the the, the, the top court, the Court of Appeals, said no, <laughs> and it went off and it was redone by a Republican uh, judge and the people that he appointed. Um, and uh, you know, we got a fairly set, a fairly set of fairly competitive districts, and the gerrymander was undone. Um, so, you know, Democrats have to take a, take notes from how it's done in other parts of the country if they really want to do that. And the other side of it is we don't have crazy. You know, when the amount of crazy in New York is limited. 
And we do have some, but it's limited. We don't have anything like this, what was it, Cochise County in our Arizona, where Republican legislators in control of the county are refusing to uh, agree that the votes were held and that the vote is counted. And so they will have undone the votes of everybody in their county. And that will flip a seat that is pretty much guaranteed to be Republican. We'll flip to the Democrats. Well, Chris, thank you as always for joining us on the local edition and letting us know what's happening in Ulster County and Ellaville. We'll check back with you in two weeks. Thank you so much, Chris. Take care. Thank you so much, Chris. That's Chris Rowley from the Shawanagunk Journal letting us know what's happening in Ellaville in Ulster County. Coming up, We'll be hearing from Karen DeWitt about advocates holding criminal justice reforms rallies across the state this week. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Some musical family bands last for decades, others, well, not so much. Next time on the Wagalooda Monkeys here on Radio Catskill with me, Graham Rice, we'll be hearing the finest family bands, short lived and long. Join me, please, on Sunday afternoon at 3. Aaron West. Join us this Saturday as we host the Berryville Tree Lighting. We've planned a fun evening of music and holiday cheer for you to enjoy right from the comfort of your own living room. We'll be broadcasting live on WJFF, the Berryville Tree Lighting. Saturday at 6 on Radio Catskill. If you hear good music, you're listening to Radio Catskill. Clyde Alvin Yates III sets it off Saturday night at 7. At 9, an hour of global sounds on Afropop. Then at 10, Selector Starkey and DJ Chuck spend four hours of funk, hip-hop, and more on Old School Sessions. Saturday night, only on Radio Catskill. Let me Welcome back to the local edition. Advocates for the new criminal justice reforms held rallies across the state this week as part of the new effort to get governor and legislature to agree to more changes that will benefit those convicted of crimes. Karen DeWitt has more. Please sleep. Can't wait. Please sleep. Can't wait. 
The Clean Slate Act would seal old conviction records for certain crimes. Advocates say New Yorkers with criminal convictions who've served their time could more easily obtain jobs, housing, and educational opportunities to help remake their lives. Under the bill, the records would be automatically sealed after three years for misdemeanor convictions and seven years for felonies, as long as the person has completed their sentence and is not on parole or has been convicted of any new crimes. Some businesses are also backing the measure, including Verizon, Microsoft, and J.P. Morgan Chase. Paul Zuber, with the Business Council of New York State, also spoke at the rally. He says it gives people with criminal records a needed opportunity. It gives people an opportunity to be judged by um, the people they are now rather than the people they were in their past. That's it. It just gives them an opportunity. It doesn't give them a job. They still have to go through the process. They still have to interview. They still have to do things everybody else does. But what is happening with this legislation is they're going to be judged on the person they are now. Super says the Business Council helped write the bill, and it includes safeguards for employers. Any job that requires fingerprinting as a condition of employment is excluded from the proposal. Super says it could even help bring down the crime rate. There's a lot of talk about crime in this country. Well, what are we doing when we're, when we're not giving people jobs? What are we doing when we're constantly tagging individuals as who they were in their past rather than who they are now? So this is why this bill is incredibly important. It's incredibly important because it means jobs, it means economic development, and quite frankly, there's a simple, personal, real reason. It's like, let's take people who have done everything society has asked them to to do, and let's give them an opportunity. Criminal justice advocates were more quiet during most of the 2022 campaign season. It included Democratic Governor Hochul's close race to seek election to a full term in office. Republicans highlighted New York's increased rate of violent crime and linked it to a major criminal justice reform approved by Democrats in 2019, bail reform. Data does not show that bail reform caused the crime spike. A spokeswoman for the Clean Slate Act says organizers during the fall focused more on actions in local legislative districts. They now plan a series of events when the 2023 legislative session begins, including more rallies at the Capitol in January. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. Thank you so much, Karen DeWitt, for that. And thank you so much to the New York Public Radio Exchange. And I have some news briefs for you. Public Health Director for Sullivan County, Nancy McGraw, has been placed on administrative leave. This was confirmed by Dan Hoost, County Director of Communications, stating that there is no statement at the time, as it is a personnel matter. Deputy Director Karen Holden is overseeing public health operations at this time. And at Resorts World's Catskills, according to reports, several people have been injured when a glass block wall fell this Friday afternoon in the food court. According to reports, several people went to the hospital with injuries. No word from Resorts World Catskills on what took place. Resorts World's Catskills is in the town of Thompson. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We'll be learning more about the Barryville tree lighting that's happening tomorrow. In Barrowville, I'll be there. Will you? The local edition on a Friday.
Recently on Wait, Wait, Paula Poundstone came to a realization. You know, I'm beginning to suspect, and you know, you don't have to agree with me, but I'm beginning to suspect that being a billionaire doesn't mean that you're honest. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagal. You can at least be sure none of the people on this week's show are awful because we're rich. That's the news quiz from NPR. Sunday morning at 10 on Radio Catskill. This music can reach further than we've ever imagined into worlds that have so little to do with our culture, the culture of Ashkenazi Jews. The music transcends. It takes hold. Someone hears it, falls in love with it. That, that's why I'm so happy to share this with you. I'm Aaron Bendich, and I play a selection of Jewish recordings on Borscht Beat on Radio Catskill. Sunday afternoon at 1. Donna Fellenberg here from Catskill Character. My guest this week is Holly, Pennsylvania antiques dealer Jeff Sanyor. If you like looking at old things and believe that leaving any situation better than you found it, this is the show for you. And there's also some secrets of the trade that may come as a surprise. Join us this Saturday at 1130 on Radio Catskill. Hi, I'm NPR climate reporter Lauren Summer. If you're thinking your next car will be electric, you can double your good karma by donating your old car to this station. Not only could you have a smaller carbon footprint, your old car will help fund more of NPR's award-winning environmental coverage. It's double karma. Upgrade your car and turn your old one into more news. Here's how. We accept any vehicle. Donate at WJFFradio.org. Welcome back to the program. The Greater Barryville Chamber of Commerce tree lighting is happening this Saturday. That's tomorrow at 7 p.m. This will be Barryville's 17th annual tree lighting. And WJFF Radio Casco is a co-sponsor of the holiday tradition in Barryville. WJFF will be there broadcasting the event for you. But you can also go in person and see the holiday tradition happen. Or if you want, you can stay in your car. On the phone with us now to tell us more about the event is the MC for the night, Aaron West. Aaron, welcome back to the program. The the itinerary seems so large and so big. So can you just let us know what exactly is happening this this uh, Saturday in Barryville? Yes. Well, first of all, I remember having an interview at WJFF for the 2020 tree lighting, which was the first time we partnered with WJFF in order to keep things safe so people could be inside their cars uh, just across the street with a view to the tree and the live feed on WJFF. And I remember thinking, can this actually happen? (laughs) And then it did happen. And now it's been this wonderful partnership. So we appreciate you being a part of it. Um, this year, we're going to do it much the same just because it's worked so well for us ever since 2020 to be able to offer people the opportunity to be in their car. I mean, we planned this all and it's in December. We don't know what the weather's going to be like. So it might be cold and families want to stay in their car, but they still want to feel like they're a part of it. Or, you know, for many reasons, people might want to just be in the comfort of their cars. 
So it's good for us to be able to offer that option, which we plan to do this year. And wow, we always bring in some friends to participate, other performers, other voices that you'll hear. There will be some dancing this year. And um, I don't want to give everything away, but you should expect a really fun program, as always. And it's great that you have those different options for people to view it, like either from your car or or hear it on the radio, either online or over your radio at WJFF Radio Catskill. I'm seeing, to me, the mood is folks are sort of getting back into the swing of things, even though we're still seeing cases of COVID, we're still seeing cases of RSV and cases of the flu. I do feel, though, people are willing to get back together again and enjoy the holiday season like it was in the past. Do you feel the same way or or are you seeing that yourself? You know, we've been fortunate in that the tree lighting happened outside. So for us in previous years, it hasn't been quite as big of a concern because most of us who are performing in the tree lighting are outside. And that always was denoted as something that was safer, right? Um, I I do have have felt the pull in the past couple of years for things to go back to normal. But then last year, Omicron swept across the, the country right around the holidays. You just never know what's going to happen. Um, but I certainly feel the pull to want to be back to normal. We just had a little bit of a spread of COVID, you know, in the Berryville area. We had a little bit of a flare up and a lot of families are struggling with sickness, just making its way around the family and just continuing to circulate in some sort of way, be it COVID or the flu, like you said. So I, I would like to think that things are getting back to normal, but, um, I, I don't know, which is why I'm glad we're offering the option for people to just stay in their cars if they feel more comfortable. Right. However you feel safe to enjoy the great event that's happening in Barryville, whether in your car, whether in person, outdoors, or at home, in the comfort of your own home, listening online or over the radio at WJFF Radio Catskill. You know, like I said, uh, we still have these cases and still have these flare-ups, uh, but like I said, I, I do... F- with it. I do feel the pull that people wa- do want to get together and enjoy this holiday. Absolutely. You know, what I do know for sure is that people want to celebrate. They want to be together. They want to have some joy in the season. They they want to just have a reason to be positive. And I think that the past few years, and, and I started hosting the show in 2019, I believe. Um, so I did one that was pre-COVID, but it's felt to me more and more important as the years have gone by now to just celebrate, celebrate little things, to, to kick off the season with some joy, to sing and dance and, and just let go of fears for just a minute to be together around this time especially. Yes, definitely giving yourself sort of a mental break of what's happening in the world and what's happening locally with infections, RSV and flu and COVID. It's nice to get into the holiday spirit and sort of give your mind a break, get sort of lost in the whole spectacle of of the holiday season. Absolutely. And there's a big community that comes together around making this tree lighting happen. I mean, there are so many moving parts. You know, we have the Chamber of Commerce is always very supportive of what we want to do in the program. And then we have their Oscar tree service that always decorates their bucket truck to the hilt with lights and decorations. And then I get to get in the bucket and I go up to the top of the tree and I seemingly light the tree from up there. And I think we've established some really fun traditions with this this tree lighting that really bring me joy. And I hope that they bring other people joy too. 
Um, it is a really fun view from up there at the top of the tree in Berryville. Um, but, you know, I just want to, in advance, thank everyone, our sound person, Michael Mellett. These are all volunteers who come together to do this. They volunteer their time and their talents. We have a little special surprise at the end. And, and I just, I just, it makes me feel really thankful continuing on from Thanksgiving for the group of people who show up to make this happen and just, and kick off the holiday season in a really special way. It definitely takes a village. It takes a hamlet to light a tree. Aaron, before we go, is there anything else I have not touched on that you want our listeners to know about? I think you covered it all. I think that the tree lighting is exactly what it's meant to be. It's simple and it's special and um, we might have some costumed characters this year you know we always try to bring a little something different every year so we hope that people will park their car at the mckean uh, real estate office parking lot we hope people will tune in on the radio uh, we hope people will show up in person to to be with us um, it's looking to be not too cold of a day on saturday so however people can join we would love for them to join i know my parents tune in from arkansas on their smart speaker to listen to it each year which feels really special to me wow that's great that they could share that experience uh, being so far away and like i said you can enjoy that experience either online or over the radio or in person or for the comfort of your own car and i think if one thing that COVID brought to the mix, it's the connectivity, right? It's finding creative ways to connect rather than just a, an in-person event. But, you know, the Rockefeller Center tree lighting, that's always on national television, and that's one that you can seek out easily. But little things like the Berryville tree lighting are are also really joyful, and I love that, that we have all these new ways to connect, and that largely has come out of the pandemic, so guess that's a silver lining. <laughs> yeah, some silver lining there. So we were talking to the MC for the Barryville Tree Lighting, Aaron West, about what's happening this Saturday at the cul-de-sac of Route 97 and Route 55. The Barryville Tree Lighting starts at 7 p.m. Thank you, Aaron, so much for talking to us, letting us know about this great event, and good luck. Thank you, Patricio. Thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to uh, being with everyone on Saturday. And that does it for the local edition. We'll be back on Monday talking to Sullivan County Recycling and talking to Sullivan County Democrat. If you ever missed a podcast, you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. You can find us on social media. This is Radio Casco, your NPR station, WJFF Jeffersonville, W23AH Monticello. Have a good night, Lucy. Mixtape is coming up.